Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. So good to see you guys this morning. Today we're going to actually wrap up a series called Relationship Goals. We're looking at marriage and relationships. And then next week, we're going to start something called A Simple Truth. And it's just like, sometimes something's just so simple, it hits you over the head and you're like, why didn't I already know that? And that's kind of where we're going to go next week. But we're going to wrap this up, Relationship Goals. Now, if I was to go to PNC Bank, just go down the road here, go in and, and say, hey, I'd like to make a withdrawal. That'd be kind of normal, right? Like, that's normal. But, do you want to know what would happen? Nothing. Because I don't bank there. Like, they'd, they'd, they'd laugh. In fact, I thought, like, through the week, I was like, I know this is how I'm going to open up the message. And I'm like, should I just go try it just for fun? I'm like, should I just go try it? I'm like, mm, what are they going to do? Like, um, who is this guy? Is that the pastor of that church? What does he think he's doing here opening? A, what, why? He doesn't even have an account here. He's crazy. I knew they were crazy. Like, I'm like, just, just going through. I'm like, no, it wouldn't go over that well. But you know that I wouldn't get anything out of the bank because I didn't put anything in. And that's how banks work. If you don't put something in to go and to suddenly show up at a bank that I've never been at, that I've never made a deposit in, and be like, hey, yeah, um, I, I need some money. I, I need 800 bucks. They're just like, ha. Ah. They might laugh once or twice, and they're going to call security and be like, this guy's messed up because I haven't made a deposit. Well, marriage is something that we make a deposit into that relationship. And if we don't continue to make those deposits, there comes a time when we think, our spouse is broken because we tried to make a withdrawal and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And here's the thing, we understood this when we met them because we were invested in the relationship and we made all kinds of deposits. You might not have thought of it that way, but, but, but follow me. You, you were nice. You held the door open. You showed up on time. You smelled good. You laughed at his jokes. You you were sweet and you were kind and you went to the game and you did all of these things. And what were you doing? You were making deposits. You were making deposits into that relationship. And for some, unfortunately, they, they kind of, they get married and I do becomes I did and I'm done and the honeymoon phase kind of disappears because they've stopped making deposits and now they're still trying to make withdrawals and there's nothing there. There's, there's just nothing there. So what we've been doing is we've been looking at the ways that we can serve our spouses. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that those who marry will have trouble. I said that verse every week to encourage you guys. <laughs> but really what it says is this, is it lets us all know that there's no perfect person out there, that if we would have married them, well, that would have made all the difference and it would have been so much easier. No, you'd have just had a different set of problems, some the same and some different. There's no, there's no person. So what we're looking at is some of the simple things that we can do to love our spouses, to take care of our spouses. And we kind of got this list from His Needs, Her Needs, Dr. Harley. But really, it's, I like this list simply because it lines up with God's Word. There's so much of this that you're like, yep, that's what the Bible says and that's what the Bible says. And we find that over and over and over. That somebody says, hey, look, this new thing I discovered. And you're like, it's in the Bible. 
And like, hey, you know what? We did, you know what? You know what this new fad is? It's called servant leadership. And you're like, Jesus did it thousands of years. Anyways, what? Okay, it's brand new to you. Over and over, that's what we find. So we're kind of going through this list. And as we go through this list, let me just ask you, of these 10 things that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, what are your top five needs? What top five jump out to you? And then secondly, if you're married, what are the top five of your spouse? Do you know? Do you know what they are? Because if you do, it's going to help you know what to do. It's going to help you know how to make the deposits in the right bank to the right person and get the most return on it. Absolutely. We want to know what that is. So what we're going to start with today is this one. We're going to start with family commitment as we've been running through this. And here's what it says in Mark 10, verse 6. It says, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So here's what we have. When we get married, you don't just join a family. You make a new one. They say that Boys grow up and leave, and daughters, they don't. <laughs> they grow up and they kind of stick around. I don't know if that's true or not, but the Bible says you leave and cleave. And anytime we violate this, there's going to be issues. Anytime we violate God's word, there's going to be problems. So when you get married, yes, you joined her family, you joined his family, but you made a new one and your priorities shift. Your priorities when you get married become God, number one, and then your spouse. And then your extended family. And mom, dad are now extended family. Brothers and sisters are now extended because you formed a new family. Um, when we got married, I wasn't very good at this part. And my parents were even worse, okay? Um, we got married and my parents were like, what? No, we're, I, I, we're not done with our on-call handyman. Like, my dad wakes up early in the morning. It's nothing for him to be up at 5, 4.30 in the morning. And I'd get calls, hey, um, I can't, the DVD player won't work at 5 o'clock in the morning. And you laugh, but I had his remote memorized, and I'm like, okay. So somebody just hit the bottom right button. It's blue, push the, da, da. oh, thank you so much. And, and it blares super loud. You could hear, you know what's up, and it's running. And he said, I'd get calls, oh, the internet isn't working, oh, the car's making this funny noise, uh, this, the, the sprinkler head, da, 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 da. Just, just all of this stuff. And way too many times, Becca was like, what about me? She's like, you're off running around fixing their stuff, what, what about me? I was not good at that. I was not, she had to help me, she's like, that, that's something that they don't need to be, they can hire someone to do that for them, that's not you anymore. Because we started a family. And, and man, I lived about three miles away from my folks, still do. And they live a little further out of town. And then there's my house and then there's town and work and everything else. So they drive by. So they would just drive by and stop by any time they want. And I had to have a, I'm like, you, you got to stop doing that. You can't just, just come over. The calls, they would just keep calling. And then you wouldn't answer, and they'd call from the other one's phone. And you're like, I, I can see who it is. Like, I know who it is. That's why I'm not answering. Like, this is just, just not right now. But they would just like, hey, what's going on? And why aren't you? But we have to find these boundaries. But here's what it is. It's called family commitment. And when you get, even before you have kids, you are a new family. 
You create one, you join, but you create one, and that needs to be what your priorities are. Now, some parents are better and worse at it, and some, they're manipulative. And, oh, we'd love to have you over, and, oh, oh, we'll help you buy that house, and we'll help you move to this part of the country, or we'll do this, and, oh, we could help do this. And you're like, okay, but what's, what's attached to that? Like, what are you, you going to come on the other side of that after you start helping with this or supporting? Well, well, we gave to some of that college fund, and so now what we want to see, and you're like, you let go of that money. And there are conversations that need to be had. And I'm, and I'm thinking now as my kids are growing up, and I'm like, well, what am I going to be like? Like, like I, I, I can tell you right now, if some of my girls try to do what Becca did, I'm going to say no. Like, absolutely not. We, we met and got in, in, engaged. We, we met Valentine's Day. Seven days later, we went on a date. Seven days after that, I asked her to marry me. Like, my daughters are not doing that. Like, no. Like, absolutely not. I would smack me then. Like, no. And I'm like, well, what am I going to be like? And what is this going to be? And it is great to be able to have that and look and think, okay, what am I going to be like as we look to our parents and parents get older and now they have more time and they can be more involved in our life and things kind of change again, but we still might need to keep our priorities straight. It is our spouses. And then even when kids come along, the priorities do not get rearranged. It's God, spouse, and then kids. It's not God, kids, spouse. That doesn't change. You just add something else to the mix. But our priority my priority is to Becca, not the kids. Kids are fun, don't get me wrong. They are an absolute riot. I love kids. I've got five of them, not because I love kids, because I love Becca. And they just kind of <laughs> showed up. But I absolutely love them. They're, they're so much fun. But still, my priorities, it's, it's God's spouse and then kids. And there's different seasons where they are very demanding and you're in the bathroom, and they're just trying to pick the lock and come in, and you're like, get out, what are you doing? Give me some space. Hopefully that's when they're little. But anyways, but the, the priority list does not change. It's not meant to change. It doesn't change. We raise kids, and then they leave. Now, the definition of family commitment is going to change as we're married and go through the different stages of life and things change. But kids, we raise them, and we raise them to leave. But I want you to think about this. Exodus 34, 14 says this. It says, do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Most of the time when we hear jealous, we think bad. We think, we think bad. But yet the Bible says that God is jealous. There is a righteous jealousy, and God gets jealous when he looks at us and sees us giving to somebody or something else what belongs only to him. He says, I'm the only God. You will not worship anything but, or anyone but me, and I'm jealous if I see you giving what belongs to me to another. And in marriage, there is a righteous jealousy when we look and we see our spouse giving to everyone else what belongs to me. And whether it's the kids 
whether it's a job, a hobby, a business, a hobby business, whatever it is. Now, this isn't it's all about me and nothing but me and you need to take care of me and all, all the me, 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 I, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. No, that's not what it is. We're building together and we realize that our job is to raise godly kids. That's what we're doing together. But don't, and, and I know kids are only going to be here for a while and I'm only going to have this time with them and then they're going to be gone. Exactly. They're going to be gone. But guess who's not going to be gone? Your husband. So why don't you spend some time with one that's not going to leave? It's your wife. It's your husband. That job, jobs come and go and industries appear and disappear. But don't neglect, because what is our priority? It's God and then our spouse. And then if we have kids, kids and then extended family. So where is it that you're putting your time, putting your energy? And remember this, when it comes to kids, our goal is to raise godly kids. That's, that's the goal. To, to Godly. So Christ-serving kids, and I'm forgetting it. I want my kids to be number one thing is to serve God. That, that, that's it. To be armor-wearing, faith-talking, Bible-believing children of the king. That's what I want for them, more than anything else. They don't, they don't need to be great at any sport. They don't need to be popular. They don't need to be on any court. They don't need to get any scholarship. They don't need to go to an Ivy League school. They can have all of that stuff. That's just fine. Or they can have none of it, and that's just fine too, as long as they're serving God. That's number one. So let me just say this. It is okay to miss your kid's athletic event. You can miss one. It is okay. You can miss two. It is okay. Your goal, my goal, is to raise godly kids, not star athletes. And I look at them sometimes, and I'm like, oh, he could be really good at this. Oh, she would be, oh, wow, this is great. Oh, my goodness. I could live vicariously through him for sure. We were, we were rock climbing yesterday, and I'm watching Jono, who's nine, just rip up this wall. And everybody, I'm, I'm watching it, and I know enough to be like, oh, he's really good. And then other people at the gym are like, oh, my goodness, how old is he? And I'm like, oh, well, let me just tell you a little bit about him. <laughs> I'm his dad. <laughs> like, I, I can understand that. I see it, but at the same time, understand this. My goal is to raise godly kids. And the number one way I'm going to do that is by loving God and their mom. That's how I do that. And anytime we violate God's word, we are outside of his blessing. And he says, you leave and cleave. That the priority is God and then husband and then wife. Okay, next one is this, as we're kind of moving down that list, is physical attractiveness. Now, you can read Song of Solomon, and instantly you're like, okay, that counts for something. You're like, all right, there's, there's, there's something there. 1 Samuel 16, 7, Samuel is, is looking for a king, and he's looking at all of Jesse's sons, and he looks, he's like, that one, that one looks kingly. And God says this to Samuel, and he says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. But where does God, so God looks at the heart, but where does man look? We look at the outward. It's a good place to start. It's okay to start there. Now, 
I want to talk about this, but understand this. When you get married, when you get married, you set your standard of beauty, and it is your spouse. And then it changes the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and it follows your spouse. That is your standard of beauty. It's not what you see on some screen or this person. Or that. No, it is your spouse. I am Becca's standard of beauty. You might look and be like, but I'm it for her. And she likes it. And I like her. This is it. But that being said, I want to make it easy for her. I don't want it to all be work. And for some, some of this is on their list. This is in their top five where they're like, yeah, this is important. And others, it's not. It's just not that important. I was sitting with a group of guys a while back, and, and one of them is like, um, he, goes, he goes, my wife. He's like, it doesn't matter how much I go to the gym. He goes, I could come back with an eight-pack, and she'd be like, hmm, she, she just does not care. And one of the other guys in the group is like, mine does, and he's like, and too bad for her. <laughs> and it, it might be on your list. It might not. But if it is, do what you can. If it's important, I want to do what I can. It might be important, it might not, but there's some things that I can do. And in doing that, I realize I'm serving Becca. If this is what she likes and this is what I want to be. She came up to me not too long ago, a while ago, and she's like, she just walks up and she tapped my belly. And she goes, it's sticking out a little bit. And I was like, is it? And Molly goes, yes, it is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I went in and I went and I got on the scale and I'm like, I gained six pounds. Six. And she's like, okay, I know what's important to her. I needed to get rid of that six pounds. So I did. That is on hers. It might be on your list. It might not. And there's not, it's not just, and I know we're going to get old and things are just what they are. And some of it, you're like, this is, this is, this is the canvas. This is what I've got to work with. Like, this, this is it. But there's also more than that. It's not just that. There's some things that we can do when it comes to style and choosing to impress our spouses. Remember, I was in Bible college. And one of, one of the pastors got up, and, and he and his wife are up there. And, and she gets up there, and she says, she goes, now... I just want you to know it's okay to laugh at this. And we're like, what? And, and she was an interesting, interesting, interesting lady. I'll just, she was just interesting. But she, her, her, her hair and makeup was just uh, an interesting style. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just say that. It was interesting. And she gets up there. She goes, it's okay to laugh at this. And she goes, I know that some of you are wondering why I do my hair like this. And the whole place just busts out laughing. There's like 2,000 people in this place, and they all start laughing because we're like, yeah, 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 we, we kind of wonder because it's, it's consistently the same, but it looks like you're doing it on purpose, and it's, it's just this weirdest style. And, and she just stands up there tall, and she goes, I'll tell you why. You might not like it. She points to her husband. She goes, but he loves it, and I'm not changing it. She goes, I know who I'm here to please. And man, my respect for that woman went up. She knows who she's there. She's like, this, this is who I'm trying to please. It doesn't matter what you guys think. He loves it. So this is what I'm doing. And there's some things that we can do 
when it comes to style, I'm like, babe, what, what, what is it you want? Not just because, one, I don't, I don't care what I look like. Like, I, I just don't. When it comes to, like, what I wear, I'm like, give me jeans and a T-shirt, and I'm good. And she's like, well, you can wear jeans, but these make your butt look better. I'm like, okay, I'll wear those. Like, that, that works. If that's what you like, sounds good. A little tighter than I would like, but oh, okay. Sounds, sounds good. But there's some compromise. There's some things that we can do. Choose, if this is important to your spouse, choose them. Choose your spouse. Do what it is that you can. And the next one is this. Recreational companionship. Now, Song of Solomon says this. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is desirable in every way. Such a woman of Jerusalem is my lover, my friend. She says, such is my friend. They were friends. And friends, friends hang out. It's recreational companionship. Some people, I've heard it said this way, couples that play together stay together. Um, when, when Becca and I met, we were rock climbing. And I think I actually have a picture of this. So this was, this was the fuzzy little picture. This was cell phones. But this was the fuzzy little picture the first time that we, um, we went rock climbing together. We went rock climbing. That's what we did. We ran into each other at the rock climbing gym. A week later, I invited her to go rock climbing and that's what we did. And then you want to know what we did after that? It's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We, we went running. The next day, we went running. And then we went snowboarding. Like, we're going we're gonna to do some stuff. We're going to go snowboarding. We're going to have some fun. And then when we went to get engaged, because remember, it was like 14 days. Um, I remember I asked her, I'm like, well, what do you want? Do you want a real diamond or do you want a kayak and a mountain bike? Go ahead and show that next picture. So there's the kayak, and there's the mountain bike. She's like, give me a fake one. I'm like, no problem. So I got her a fake diamond, which she lost, but she still has the mountain bike, and we still have the kayak. Can you guess what's high on my list? Recreational companionship. But you want to know what we do? We hang out, and we play together. It is so much fun. We just, we goof off. We go rock climbing. She, she was game. We went down to Florida and she climbed a tree with me. Why? It's just in a park. There's no need to do that. But she's like, I'm game. Sure, I'll do it. But she was game. But we just hang out together. I was like, I love this. And we went mountain biking. It was so much fun. Remember, I told her, I'm like, do you really like mountain biking? And she's like, I do. I'm like, because I really like it. And she goes, I do too. And I'm like, but do you really like mountain biking? She's like, yes. And I go, okay. Because if you're faking liking mountain biking, we're going to get married and you're going to have to fake liking this for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, if you really don't like this, you need to say something now. And she's like, I'm in. She's game. She's game to let me take her across a river on my back knowing that even though we will probably fall in. She's like, yeah, this is, you shouldn't be doing this. But she was game. It was important to me it's important to her. We have fun together. We try, try to do it. So here's the thing. Recreational companionship. So let me ask you, is your spouse, is your spouse your favorite recreational companion? And if not, why not? Why not? 
can you show some interest in the thing that they love? Becca had never mountain biked before. And she's like, okay, I'll give it a try. And she did. She fell in love with it. She goes riding without me. I love it. I love it when we get to go riding together. And then sometimes she's like, I'm just going. I'm like, well, I can't. She goes, well, I am, so see you later. She just goes off. And I'm like, yes, I love it. But be game. Be game. So let me just say this. If this is on your spouse's list of they're like, yes, recreational companionship, absolutely, then invest the time, invest the energy, invest the finances in, in finding a common hobby, a common interest that you have. It could be gardening. It, it could be bird watching. It could be hiking or gaming or anything, pickleball, what, whatever it happens to be. Invest what you need to so that you can be doing it together. Because here's the thing, the highlights that you have, your memory, your highlight reel of, oh, we went on this trip and it was great, why not make that with your spouse? Absolutely. Do the things you love with the one that you love and sometimes you get to make love. It's great. <laughs> it's just fun. But invest, if this is important to your spouse, go out of your way. Go out of your way to invest in that so that you can be friends. Getting together and hanging out together. It's okay to do it, but invest in one another. What is it? And maybe, well, my schedule's too full. But let me just say this. If you're like, well, you know what? I've already got all my hobbies and we've already tried that and she's not interested in any of these and you're like, you know, I'm not interested in anything that she has, then here's what I would challenge you to do. Cut something out to make room so that you can find something that you enjoy doing together. Maybe it's antiquing and you guys just drive around and go to antique shops. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be big. But have something that you're doing together. She says, this was my friend. What is it that you're hanging out and having fun doing together? Getting, well, I'm not very good at it yet. Well, we'll try. Nobody's great at anything the first time. Maybe the second, but not the first time. Like, like put some effort into it and have some fun together. Build memories together. Years ago, we had some friends who we're sitting down with, and, and he's like, hey, I'm going out to Colorado, and I'm going to go skiing. I was like, oh, great. That sounds like fun. And she's like, yeah, I'm so excited to go to Colorado. I'm like, oh, that's going to be great. And then it's a husband and wife, and, and he's like, well, I'm going with my friends. And then two weeks later, she's going with her friends. And I'm just like, say that again? And he's like, well, I'm going to my friends. And then a couple weeks later, she's going with her friends. And they're going to the same place, same resort, just with different groups of friends. And Beck and I walked out of there. Again, this is on my list. This is, like, this is way up there on my list. This is what's important to me, recreational companions. But I walked out of there and I'm like, babe, I am not doing that without you. I'm not going. And I'm like, and neither are you. You're not, don't, don't get any ideas. You're not like, I'm going to take an epic mountain biking trip by myself and with my friends. I'm like, no, I'm going with you. Like, are you kidding me? Like, no. But again, this is on my list. This is important to me. But so here's the thing. What is your spouse's, what are their needs? I'll put the list back up here in a little bit. There's our, our 10 things. What are yours? What are your spouses? Do you know what they are? Have they changed and now you're like, well, this is what it is and this is what I need to be doing. What is it? But take some time, educate yourself. 
Education, really when it comes to interest, really makes such a difference. Like I watch football and I'm lost because I do not know what's going on, like at all. And they're like, time out for this and then I'm like, they're stopping the clock again. And I've never taken the time to learn any of it. And if I ever watch it, it's usually with Jason and he's like, well, see, what's happening here is da, 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 da. And I'm like, I don't need, what, what? And then he tries to explain, I'm like, never mind, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to do that. I've never taken the time to really understand football. Like, I, I don't, I just haven't, luckily Becca doesn't like watching football. We don't do that together. She likes gardening, so we garden. There's some of that stuff that I get to do with her. But find something that you're doing together, that you're hanging out together, you're building memories, you're building your relationship together. Because so often what we hear is we need to spend quality time with someone. But the truth is, when you're looking for quality time, quality time is a byproduct of just spending time together. It's coming across those perfect moments. This week, we went up north. We, we thought we were going to, um, we were celebrating my birthday. We were going to go, thought we would go skiing. But the weather wasn't really good. And like, well, let's, let's not go skiing. Let's just kind of hang out at the cabin, maybe do some ice fishing. Well, it, 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 it had rain, snow, like frozen, nasty up north. We were up in the Cadillac area. And I'm like, this could be really good skiing. Or excuse me, really good sledding. And, and my folks, the, the, the cabin we were staying at, we got all these, these big, big hills. And the farmer, it's really fun when they roll the bales of hay because sometimes these big bales of hay will go rolling down and I like watch. Anyways, so we're up there I'm like, this is going to be great. This, this could be really good sledding. So Jono and I go out. And I'm like, let's, let's, just, let's just go see. So, so we take the sleds and we're hiking up and up these hills. And sure enough, it's ice on top of snow. And then the snow had melted because we had that, that thaw and then the ice had compacted, the snow had compacted and then froze and it became ice and then more ice came down. So there was ice everywhere over everything. So the hills weren't super steep, but we would jump on these sleds and then we would just go for like a quarter mile. just And then all of the grass and straw and hay that had been sticking up through all this stuff and through the snow was covered with ice so you'd hit this and it would just sound like glass breaking so Bo's just running around kicking these things he's like it sounds awesome but he's kicking this stuff and we're sledding and so we go back inside and we go get all the kids and then Becca comes out and we're all up at the top of this hill and the kids are just zooming down here coming back up with ice in their face and laughing and loving it and jumping on the tube and It was amazing, but you want to know what? It's one of those things, like, how do you plan for it? Some of these, these, these quality moments that we miss or that we so desire in our relationship are a byproduct of just spending time together. And we just happened to be up north when the ice had already hit, and we got up there, and we didn't have to drive too slow, and the roads were clear, so we actually made it, and we get up there, and nothing had melted yet, and it was, it was just, it just happened to be perfect. It was amazing. The kids were like, oh, my goodness, we absolutely love it. It was this. And they're talking all about sledding down a hill, but it's a byproduct of just spending time together. I can encourage you to do something. It's spend some more time together. Find some things. You're like, well, we've, we've been married for 30 years and we don't have it. You still can. Figure out what it is. We're super boring, so we, not only do we mountain bike, but we also love card games. Like, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous the way that we play card games. We'll get a board game or a card game, and like we got into aggravation last year. 
and we played aggravation until we wore the board out. And then we're like, we're done, and we don't touch it again, and now our thing is Monopoly deal. It's stupid, and we just play it, and we're like, this, we had to get a new deck because we wore the other deck out, and the new deck is our deck, and the kids can play with the other deck. But the new deck, is, it's nice and pretty, this is ours. But we geek out, and we play, a, we play silly games. And, and sometimes we let ourselves get frustrated with silly games because it's kind of fun. We can point and laugh at it, but spend some time together. Do what you need to. If, you're, if your days are too busy, I've already got too much. I don't know what I can do with this. And let me just challenge you. Cut something out. Find something. Make the investment of time, money, and energy. Find something that you can do together. Build some hobbies Maybe it's even a small business, whatever it is that you're doing, that you're doing together. Quality time, these amazing moments we have, they're a byproduct of just spending time together, of loving on each other. And have fun, because you said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. God gave a perfect man, Adam, looked at him and said, it is not good for man to be alone. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. Marriage is meant to be fun. It's work, but it's meant to be fun. But if you'll work at it, it will be even more fun. They say, it's Benjamin Franklin, I don't know who said it, but he says that the definition of insanity is this, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Change up what you've been doing. Ask your spouse. Take some time to figure this list out. We're going to throw it up here and keep it up here for a while. Take some time to say, this is, what, this is what's important to me. Ask your spouse, what's important to you? What, what do you see as important? How am I doing at meeting? What does that mean to you? Have that conversation. So what is this going to be? Because your marriage can be better. Like you say, my marriage is great. It can get better when we honor God in any area that we turn away and we say, I don't believe, I'm not going to do what God says to do. We're going to miss it, and we're going to step out from God's blessing. I say this all the time. God does not bless what we're doing. God blesses what he says to do. And when we do that, we are blessed. His way is what is blessed, so let's do it his way, and then we'll get his blessing. I want to pray over every marriage that's here in a minute. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God, as we come before you this morning, I thank you for every couple that's here. And I thank you for what you're doing both in and through them. But I ask you, God, to this morning to soften each and every heart, that they would see, God, what they can do, soften their hearts to receive from their spouses ideas and ways that they can love them better, that they can serve each other better. I thank you that, God, no matter where we are, You're right there with us. You don't ever leave us nor forsake us. And God, when we commit to do things your way, you say you can even work the evil for good. So we thank you for what you're doing both in and through us this morning. In Jesus' name, would you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Before we leave this morning, if you're here and you say, I don't know where I stand with God. I don't want to assume that just because you're here, just because you're watching this, that you know. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. Because here's what each and you and I, we know. What we know is that we've screwed up. We know the mistakes that we've made. We know that we've fallen short and God says, I do too. 
But here's the deal. You can't fix it. I can't fix it on my own. So he sent Jesus to die to pay that price. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again so that we could have victory, so we could be forgiven and then walk in that victory. So if you're here today and you say, I don't know, but I want to know where I stand with God. I want to be forgiven, set free, and begin to walk out the plan and purpose God has for me. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand all the way up. And you're going to say, that's me. And then we're going to pray right in your seat. When we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. And begin to walk out the plan and purpose he has for you. If that's you, get ready. Not halfway. One, two, three. All the way up right now. Say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Say, that's me. Awesome. Hands can go down. Online, in the room, wherever you are. I'm going to lead you. Just all of us in a prayer. Everyone wants you to repeat after me, but those of you that lifted your hands as you say these words, make them your own. And let's pray together right now. Everybody say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I choose you. I believe that you died. You shed your blood for me. But you didn't stay dead. You rose again. And today... I choose you. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.